Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 44 of our podcast that was originally recorded on October 6th of 2014. I talked about what I'm leeching now, and then jumped into some new stories. Microsoft announces Windows 10. Hearthstone expansion is going to have over 100 cards in it. The Big Lebowski is getting a pinball table. Star Citizen passes $55 million in funding. AEG is putting out a limited edition Black Friday box. What's in the box? I talk about what I'm playing now. I played some Dice Masters, Avengers vs. X-Men, Shadows of Mordor, and the Pathfinder RPG. Of course, I talk about what I want to play now as well. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 44 of the podcast. We got a lot of news and a lot of games that we played for the week, so let's jump into... Some introductions. Send us some emails. What I'm playing now at gmail.com is where you can send us emails. You can follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then of course we have our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And you can also give us some likes and give us some some little bit of loving out there on iTunes and you can also find us on the Xbox Music Store and let's jump into what I'm leeching now so this part of the show is where I talk about some of the sales or deals you can get for the week and the first one we're going to talk about is Battlefield 4 PlayStation Plus members can have a full week of free Battlefield 4 basically just for having PlayStation Plus it sounds like EA and DICE are basically trying to strum up a little bit of more business, I guess, for their game. And it sounds like after the last update that was just released last week, they will actually let you play for free for a week, which sounds like a pretty good deal. If you have not tried Battlefield 4, I know during its during the beginning of the game there was uh, quite a few bugs and there were there were a lot of issues with it from what I remember hearing. A lot of people talk about... Uh, hopefully they have a lot of that stuff fixed during this free week time. And if you haven't tried it, go give it a shot. The next deal we have for you is the PlayStation Plus lineup for October, and it is a pretty good one. So PlayStation Plus subscribers in North America will get to sample Drive Club. I cannot wait for this game to come out tomorrow. I've been waiting for a driving game. I know that the PS4 did have Need for Speed Rivals out as a launch day title. Um, I have played some of the Need for Speed games before. I wasn't really too into picking up Rivals when it came out. I was kind of hoping that there would be another racing game out before Drive Club has basically come out almost about a year later that the console has been been released. But uh, hopefully this is a pretty good one. So not only do you get Drive Club, you also get for the PS4 Dustin Elysian Tale and Spelunky. Spelunky is a great game if you haven't played it yet. I have it on the PS3 and on the Vita. I've played it quite extensively on both of them. I can say I'm not very good at it. It is a roguelike game and expect to die a lot. And the PlayStation 3, you will get Batman Arkham Asylum and Dungeons & Dragons Chronicles of Mystara. As, and that basically contains two D&D arcade games, The Tower of Doom and Shadow Over Mystara. So both of the D&D games remind me of the Golden Axe side-scrolling games from Sega back in the day. So if you are into those games, you will definitely like the D&D games that are being given to you for free. Vita owners are not being left out here. You will have access to Pix the Cat which is also coming to the PS4, and a role-playing game called Rainbow Moon, which from what I've heard and from what I've read about, it sounds like it's a very extensive RPG title. 
The other thing that I found for this week, if you spend $100 during the month of October on the PlayStation Store, you can get 15 bucks back from Sony. This basically goes from October 1st to the 28th. And then I believe you have about a week or so after that, until November 7th, um, to when... Oh, no, by December 5th is when the codes have to be redeemed by. But you can also order titles into November and do pre-orders will count. So if you pre-order things like Little Big Planet 3, Far Cry 4, things like that, that will actually, if you actually pre-order them in October, it can actually count towards getting some money back. So if you're going to be buying those games, you might as well get a few bucks back from Sony and take advantage of it. I tried to see if what the Xbox Live, what the Xbox Gold games were for the week. I checked out Major Nelson's website beforehand, and the only thing I saw were the games from last week, which actually expired today. So I guess we're going to have to wait for next week to actually talk about some more Microsoft sales because I really didn't see anything out there for this week unless if I had missed them. If you do know of any, send me some emails. You know the one I said at the beginning of the, t- the top of the podcast, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Send it to me there, and maybe we can share some some leeching power with some more of the listeners. All right, let's jump into some news stories for the week. One of the first news stories I wanted to discuss was Windows 10 is coming out in mid-2015 for Microsoft. I know this really doesn't have a lot to do with games, but considering a lot of us probably do a lot of PC gaming, I figured I at least wanted to touch base on this. It sounds like they are coming... Microsoft is going to try to make their Windows platform pretty much consistent across all of their environments so they're basically talking about one product family one platform one store so they're talking about from phones to tablets to laptops to touchscreens to the xbox one pretty much everything they're trying to make a consistent and just unified ui for and gui for so i don't think this is a bad thing one of the interesting things that's coming back that they said never would come back is going to be the start menu they brought back the start button with Windows 8.1, but they never brought back the full actual start menu, which is actually coming back in Windows 10, and it's really also crazy that they jumped from 8 to 10. I was kind of talking to a bunch of guys at work, and I was like, why didn't they just be like Spinal Tap and just go to 11? Because 11's one more. I mean, what the hell, why not? So keep an eye out for Windows 10. I believe Windows 10 will also be coming with DirectX 12. For those of you with newer video cards, we'll be able to take advantage of a lot of that stuff. I know I myself am hoping to get... um, GTX 970 here, probably around the Christmas time frame. I've told my wife that could be my Christmas gift, so she already knows not to pretty much buy me anything else because of the cost of that card. All right, our next story is about Blizzard and Hearthstone. Their next expansion will be a full expansion. It's going to add over 100 new cards, and it sounds like it should be pretty cool. They really don't talk too, too much about the cards that are coming out or about some of the future gameplay that they're working on, but it does sound like they're actually going to be working on some possible different gameplay changes or gameplay styles, I guess we could say. I think it'd be really cool if they tried to add in a three or four four person battle to the game. I think that could be really unique and really interesting. I don't... I can't really think of anybody that's done that with the online games. I don't believe Magic has done that with their online card game. I believe it's normally just one-on-one, just a two-player game. But if you can get three or four players into a battle, I think that would be pretty cool. Plus, this will be their first big content release because Curse of Nexramas was only 30 cards. They released that in small waves. Um, 
you know, if you haven't played the game, they basically just released it in, I think, four, four or five waves is, is how they did that one. So I'm not really too sure how they're going to release this 100-card set, if it's going to come all at once, if it's going to be waves again like they did with Nextramus. So we'll have to just wait and see and what, what they have in store for us. But um, just keep an eye out for that one. Next story that I wanted to talk about was a Polygon story that I found, and we've been talking about pinball machines lately. We were talking about The Walking Dead and some of the different pinball games that are on the PS4 and stuff. The Big Lebowski pinball is actually getting an actual pinball table. I guess this has been in the works for a while. I guess they actually had a couple prototypes over in, I believe, the Netherlands that they were showing off. Two prototypes, and they looked pretty cool. I will have links to some pictures in the video. You can also go over to the official website and check them out. If you have a cool 8500 bucks and are looking to maybe get one of these and have it under your Christmas tree this year, good luck. I wouldn't mind having one of these, but um, I think the video card is probably about all my wife's going to let me get this year. All right, our next game that I wanted to talk about was a game we had talked about several podcasts ago, Star Wars Armada. This is basically the game from Fantasy Flight Games. It is a tabletop game where you're actually using as using different Star Wars fighters against your opponent. They actually give you a lot of description to the combat here, and I don't I don't know if I've seen too many different or a combat system similar to this before, but this one looks pretty cool. It almost looks like you're going to have command discs, which almost look like kind of like upside down WizKids bases, uh, where you, you actually have four different commands, your commands being navigate, squadron, repair, or concentrate fire, and you basically select these, and depending on the ship that you have, your ship can basically have multiple commands and you basically stack the commands. The command on top will then be played first and you and your opponent will then go through the commands and kind of see how you've worked your ships a lot, you know, on the table as to what they are going to do during your turn. This looks like a pretty cool combat style. Um, I'm interested in trying this game out. I don't know if I want to get into another, another battletop or you know, another tabletop game like this. Uh, especially if this one becomes collectible, because I'm not too sure if this one's collectible or not, but I think the combat in this game could be pretty cool, and I definitely want to give this a shot when it comes out. Plus, the ships do look pretty freaking cool, from what I can tell from the box here right now. So, I will have links to Fantasy Flight Games' page, where you can read a little bit about some of the different combat, and some of the different ideas that they have as far as how this stacking will go, and how you can devise your battle plan, and, and play through the game. We're going to jump back to video games for a little bit, and we're going to talk about a GameSpot article that I had found where the Witcher dev talks about why it hates DRM. As we all know, CD Projekt Red pretty much has a big stance, an anti-DRM stance right now, and it sounds like that's going to continue in, into both of their upcoming games, The Witcher 3 as well as Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Witcher 3 is coming out first, and it, it sounds like they just don't want to kind of hobble the the gamer that is actually paying for the game they all know that all pirates or you know that all of the no matter what type of copy protection they put on the game it's going to get cracked and so they they just realize that so so i think that they have a really good stance with the no drm and i and i hope that more companies take this on i know i've purchased quite a few games where because of having some sort of 
online DRM persistency that needs to connect back to the mothership just to pay, say that yes I've paid for the game uh, if their servers are down kind of like what happened with Blizzard back with Diablo 3 when that came out that's where that kind of shit bites you in the ass and that's that's really not good for the gamer who's paying for the game and considering I pay for games I I really appreciate CD Projekt Red having this type of stance and I just wanted to throw that out there kudos to them and I am really looking forward to uh, Witcher 3 we're going to jump over to another game that we talked about already in a couple of podcasts, Star Citizen. It has actually passed $55 million in funding. It basically came out of Kickstarter back in October of 2012 with $2.1 million in funding. Since then, they have jumped up to $55 million from selling in-game spaceships and just from people buying the game and playing it. And that is just an unbelievable amount of money um it and the cool thing is in reading through this article that they had on GameSpot, i think the developers has a has a really good stance in that they're not really going to have a product that they're going to press to a cd they don't really have to have a final gold product it sounds like as long as the funding keeps coming in they will keep expanding the game they've actually gone up in developers they were at 250 developers a couple months ago they've gone up to over 280 people working on star citizen and that's as far that which counts in-house staffers freelancers and that is just an insane amount of people working on this game uh, i haven't pitched in for this game yet this is a game i am looking at and will be pitching into shortly i'm also looking at the um, epic game which is one that i really um, also want to play as well two space games though is going to be kind of crazy uh, but i think both of these are going to be, be very very good games so i just wanted to meant just just say that 55 million i thought was just a crazy amount of money especially since they only came out of the kickstarter with 2.1 i just i couldn't believe that when i read that so that's one of the reasons why i wanted to include that story i probably should have organized my stories a little better because we're going to jump back over to a pinball game and that is South Park Pinball is coming out from Zen Studios this month. Um, so this one isn't an actual pinball table. So this one's going to be one that you can play on your probably 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One. Probably going to be along the lines of the Walking Dead one that I had talked about before, which my wife and I are still playing. I am a huge South Park fan. I've been a huge South Park fan since the beginning of the series. I will be picking this up, picking this up the day it comes out. Uh, this um, I can just... I know that this will just be a very fun pinball table. So I just wanted to throw that out there for people who were unaware that this was coming out. I wasn't I was not aware of this of this until I had read this on Polygon and was completely stoked when I did read this. We're going to jump over to Twitch on another Polygon article and they are addressing some of their new transparency policies. Basically it sounds like Twitch is just, Twitch is just trying to Put some labels on their videos just so people that are watching the content know when there is actually some money being transferred between people playing the games and the people who are creating the games. I don't think this is a bad thing. I think if something is actually being sponsored or people are getting played for it, I think that should be basically stated up front. Some people don't necessarily do this. They aren't forced to. And if there's a third-party deal in there right now, Twitch can't do anything about this. But it does sound like they are trying to come up with ways to actually have their viewers and the content creators kind of protected. And just make sure that anything that's paid for, it, 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 people basically know about it. I think this is a pretty good idea. This is one of the better ideas I think they've come out with lately. I do not have a problem with this. And I don't pretty much think anybody else should.
that's about all we got to say about the Twitch one. We're going to jump right over to Eris Games, and they are acquiring the rights to publish an Age of Conan strategy board game. They were able to get these rights from Fantasy Flight Games. They were also able to pick up all of the remaining stock that Fantasy Flight had in regards to the first version of the game that it had released back in 2009. It sounds like they're working on a rework right now of the game that should be out um, in, in spring of 2015. And it also sounds like in October they're going to be launching a Kickstarter. So I have not played this game. I'm going to have to see if anybody down at the local game store has this game. I'd kind of like to give it a shot. It sounds like it should be a, a pretty good game, similar to something along the lines of War of the Ring, um, the one Lord of the Rings game, which is a great game. Uh, so I, I kind of want to give this um, Conan game a try, so I just wanted to mention it in the podcast tonight. And we're jumping over to our next story, and we only have a couple of more news stories to go. This one was a really interesting one I saw on Dice Tower News. The Black Friday box from AEG. So coming in November, there is going to be a Black Friday box from AEG. It's only going to be available in brick-and-mortar stores, and it's going to be at limited allocations. This, and from what they say here on the Dice Tower News story, the contents remain a mystery. However, there's hints that the games that are published, games with alternate alternate art covers, alt versions, and games that are standalone or expansions to other AEG games. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know of anybody who's ever done that before where they've done kind of like a black box like this and haven't announced what's in there, especially for like Black Friday. Uh, I'm kind of hoping my local game store maybe gets a couple of these in. I do have several AEG games uh, like Thunderstone. I like a lot of their games. So I I may be picking one of these up just to see what's in the damn contents of the box because I, I want to know what's in the box. And our last story we're talking about for the week is going to be a little bit about Kickstarter. I found two different articles uh, that people were talking about Kickstarter. One was more video game related. The other was more board game related. So the first one was from GameSpot. And it was an article where they talk about Kickstarter in 2014 just really hasn't that hasn't had the funding that it got in the, for the video games that it did in 2013. It, but it also sounds like there were a lot or more projects that were much larger in 2013 than there have been in 2014 so far. So some of the pro- some of the projects we saw in 2013 were Torment, Ties of Numenera, Mighty Number no. 9, Elite Dangerous. Um, you know, and a lot of those had raised more than $500,000. Um, and in 2014, you've had a couple as well, but the money just doesn't seem to be as as prevalent. Basically, it seems like Kickstarter in 2013 raised around $58 million, where in the first half of 2014, we're only at $13.5 million. So I'm not really too sure if Kickstarter has slowed down some. In the article, they're contributing possibly some of this to maybe Steam Early Access, where maybe some developers are just bypassing Kickstarter and going more directly to the route of an early access type of game. I know I've gotten into a couple of early access games so far. Um, some of them have been okay. Some of them haven't been okay. Also, some people could be a little more, you know, a little more tight with their money, mainly because of the 
because of everything that's going on with the economy. Also with failed projects like Yogg Ventures and Clang, people could just be a little leery about it right now. Uh, we have seen a lot of games come out, but with a couple of big ones falling, like those two that I had just mentioned, people could just be a little on edge and a little leery. And I thought it was really interesting that basically the day that I saw this art, this article being written on GameSpot, I had also found one from a website today in board games where they basically talked about the Kickstarter bubble. And it kind of sounds like they're talking about something similar. Um, the article on today in board games related it more to television shows where most of the people who are watching television nowadays and some of the shows out there that are good shows basically don't have the highest ratings so if you look at shows that were critically acclaimed like breaking bad and stuff those shows probably didn't have as much people watching it let's say as maybe people watching big bang theory um two completely different types of shows but he was trying to relate this back to kickstarter and the games and if there basically has maybe just been a little bit of a burst or if the pendulum is swinging in the other direction right now. And maybe there's publishers that are trying to snatch up different types of game ideas out there that they're going to try to publish instead of just indie publishers coming out with them and smaller people. So I think a lot of this talk is kind of funny considering this is probably the year that I've actually used Kickstarter more than any other. I know there have been a couple of games in the past that I really wish I would have contributed to, one of those being the Pathfinder Online um, RPG game, their MMO that they're coming out with. I really wish I would have gotten into that. It looks like I can still get into that from their website, which I think I had links to a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. So I, I, I have a feeling I do agree with um, the article from Today in Board Games, where they basically where the author was talking about, he pretty much has a feeling that Kickstarter is not going to go away. I pretty much agree with him. I think Kickstarter is going to be around here um, for a, for quite a while. I don't I don't think that this type of funding is is going to stop. But I do think other ways like the the Steam early access and other things could possibly impede and 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 bring down some of the some of the people who were going to go to Kickstarter to begin with as other avenues become available. But I still think that there's still just a lot of good games being produced, both for video and board games. So I don't think we can go wrong with either with either way. That's about it for the news. We're going to jump into what I'm playing now for the week. And what I played for the week was last week, I actually got in several games of Dice Masters, Avengers vs. X-Men. I still have to wait a couple more weeks to get my hands on the Uncanny set. But um, I did. I was able to pick up a starter set from Go Hastings. And it was crazy because a couple of days after I had ordered from Go Hastings, which I had found about from Board Game Geek, I went down to my store and they actually had a two two starters in stock and I kind of felt really bad that I had actually ordered online but I didn't know he had them in stock cuz he really and I think I mentioned this last week he hadn't had any in stock since June. So, and he pretty much said he didn't think he was going to be getting any more. Uh, but we did play a small organized play tournament last week. I did win the tournament. I was kind of using a cheese deck for the week. I actually did use Serena and Gabi. But we played in a really odd way, which made for the games to be extremely difficult. We used eight cards, four of which we drafted, four of which were our own. But you were only allowed to use ten dice to play with. 
which was just completely crazy and made it very difficult. I basically put two dice on Gabi, two dice on Serena, and one on the rest of my people. And it was it was really hard to just get things going because with limiting your dice like that, it definitely does change the way you play the game when you're not playing with 20 dice. So it was it was interesting the way we did that. Uh, I will not be able to make it to tomorrow's organized play session that was going to be going on, which was going to be a similar type of, of play style. I think this one was going to be all... You can bring all your own cards, but I think they were still going to limit it to the 10 dice. And I think they were also going to limit it to one super rare, pretty much after I won last week. And I do agree that having the two super rares was really cheesy because there weren't any other people there that had the super rares, although several of them did have them, they just weren't playing with them. So I had a blast playing that. Um, tomorrow I won't be making it down there because it is my wedding anniversary. So my wife and I will be going out to dinner and hanging out for the evening. So I hope to be heading down there. I think they're actually having an organized play for October on Saturday. And I hope to make it down for that one and maybe get a couple of the October cards, which I don't have any of yet. Because when I played last Tuesday, it was September 30th. So I got September cards still for winning which kind of really bummed me out. I said, can't we just extend this to midnight and give me one of the October cards? But nope, I got September cards. So the other thing that I played last Thursday, uh, we played uh, Pathfinder. We went through a really good adventure. I played as my Ranger again, having a blast playing the Ranger. I was rolling like complete crap. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for anything. I think I actually had one decent attack during the whole adventure. All of my high rolls were coming out for initiative, and then all of my attack rolls were coming out as less than 10. And I think I even tweeted some of this stuff out during the play session that I was just rolling like complete shit. And it just, it was still a great adventure. We still had a really good time. Um, the DM, it was his actually first time as the Dungeon Master. He did a spectacular time. I was really impressed with the way he handled everything and 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 what in DM the game. It was it was a really good time. Everybody had a really or had a blast. Then on Friday, my wife was just so very nice to me. She stopped out and she picked up Shadow of Mordor for me. After hearing and reading, I didn't read any of the reviews, but I read a few people talking about it, and I tried to stay away from a lot of the large game site reviews because I really didn't want anything spoiled for me. I just kept reading that the game is really good. I kept hearing that the game's getting really high scores. I looked at a bunch of the numerical score values, and after listening to um, the Giant Bombcast last week and everybody talking about it and a lot of the guys who really aren't huge lord of the rings fans saying that they were really enjoying this game i pretty much looked at my wife and said i know i wasn't planning on buying this i need to play this game now so she went out and got it for me on friday and i pretty much played it over the whole weekend i have not completed the game i'd say i'm about 26 percent complete uh after playing it for the weekend and i and I do say I agree with pretty much everything that probably everybody said about this game. It's just unbelievable. I was talking to several guys at work today about it and explaining it to them. If you haven't played the game or looked at it yet, the combat is going to be reminiscent of a lot of the Batman-style games like Batman Arkham Asylum. And you will get a kind of a feel possibly to Assassin's Creed, but I think the Assassin's Creed is just is just a little bit of a stretch because truthfully i think this game is actually better than assassin's creed right now i i think the combat i think one of the best things in this game is just the combat and the combat is just extremely tight i think that the 
that the way they have the combat flowing between um, moves and the actions that your character can do and the different attack styles that he has and the different abilities that you can utilize during combat and the special abilities that you can use after you're building up uh, your attack is, is just outstanding. The flow of combat, again, is just is just spot on. I think that they give you a lot of time to actually block in the game when the block when you have to actually block when an opponent's attacking you it's not like it flashes up on the screen for a second and then goes away you have um, more than enough time to actually get your blocks in and then go right back to just pretty much slicing and dicing the orcs and the guy and it's just it's just great on the ps4 the game looks unbelievable i've been playing i actually did a couple of streams over the weekend i was using my my headset that i finally got hooked up to the ps4 the the sound through the headset was just unbelievable i have the astro a50s here and i was really impressed with the sound and the way it was playing the only thing i was kind of missing out in using the headset is when certain parts of the game where sound would actually come through the joystick i pretty much wasn't able to hear that because i had the headset on but the, the surround sound and just everything that you could hear with the headset on was just amazing so if you have not picked up shadow of mordor i would definitely say pick up shadow of mordor even if you're not a lord of the rings fan this game will definitely be on people's top 10 lists for the year I have a feeling this game will be a huge contender for Game of the Year, and I would be surprised if this game isn't argued amongst a lot of game um, press as to as to being the Game of the Year uh, for a lot of different sites. So I'm um, I'm extremely glad that I did pick the game up. I can't say highly I can't say enough about it. I would also suggest picking it up on a next gen system or on the PC. From what I've heard and from what I've read. Uh, on the game it sounds like the nemesis system which is the the system that is inclusive to the newer consoles and is what controls the enemy ai and how a lot of the a lot of the captains and the war chiefs work and what goes on with them in the background you will not get a lot of that stuff you will not get any of that stuff from what i've heard on the ps3 or the 360 version because those systems just couldn't handle the ai that's needed and it just didn't have the power that the newer systems have or the pc has also if you're playing on the pc i've heard that there's like um like an ultra res texture pack but i've also heard that if you want to try to use that it's going to require a video card with at least six gigs of video RAM, which completely kills me considering the 970 and the 980 that just came out from NVIDIA only have four on each of them. I did read an, I did read a forum post from somebody that said that they were using, I think, their 970 or their 980, and it actually worked with just the four gigs of RAM, and it was playing fine on their PC. Um, but uh, I'm really enjoying it on the on the on the ps4 i kind of wanted something to play on my ps4 it's been a while since i've really played a real good game on the ps4 probably since watchdogs and watchdogs i just wasn't super impressed with it was kind of a little bit of a disappointment this shadow of mordor completely a 180 degree the complete opposite reaction to that i really wasn't expecting too much out of shadow of mordor i know i've talked about it before on the podcast that it was one of the games i wanted to play this fall now that this fall is here it's out i played it the first week couldn't be happier um i'm really glad i didn't follow the game much more and didn't give it too much more hype than what i had earlier because 
although it would have lived up to it, it's just it's just really exciting to just be playing something that's as good as Shadow of Mordor. And I kind of just want to get the podcast done and over with so I can maybe head downstairs and get a little bit more time in with it. So Shadow of Mordor is also going to be one of the games I want to play now because I'm right in the middle of playing it and I can't stop. The other thing I want to play after playing through Dice Masters last week and playing that tournament, I can't wait for Uncanny to come out at the end of the month. I've heard on a couple of different sites that there may be a rolling release for some of the Uncanny stuff, like maybe setup boxes may be coming in a week early. I know I'm going to be checking down at the store on Thursday when I go down there to play some board games because I'm not going to make it down there in time for Pathfinder this week. So I figure I'll just go down and do some board games this week. So it'd be kind of cool if there was actually an uncanny setup box there because I would probably buy it instantly just to have some of that shit on hand. So, and I think once it, once uncanny comes out, it sounds like at the store, probably for November, we'll probably be switching over to um, some uncanny play. But I have a feeling we're still going to have to get some um, Avengers vs. X-Men stuff in because I believe there is still one more month left in their organized play. So that's about it for the show. Thanks for those that tuned in. You can send us some emails, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. We also have a Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And don't forget about the Twitch channel. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. I will be back next week with another show, more games to talk about that I played, and some more news from both video and board games. Until then, have a good week, everybody. We'll see you later.